Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. You see, as we look through the scriptures, you've already have two of those to evaluate. Are you a disciple? Well, a disciple stays in the Word of God, obeys the Word of God. It, it's part of you. Is that happening? Or is the only time that you ever open the Bible here? Well, then you can't be a disciple. You're either a new believer, a baby, or a carnal Christian, or you're not a believer yet. See, you, you can't be a disciple if you're not in God's Word on a routine daily basis. It's impossible. Jesus defined it that way. These days, people are all about redefining terms. Words such as gender, male, and female have very different meanings than they did 50 years ago. The same thing is being attempted in the church. What it means to be a Christian is far different for some people than it was in the days of Jesus. Pastor Mark will be teaching about the only definition for a Christian that matters, what God says in the Bible. You might discover that what you've been led to think a Christian is isn't what Jesus said it is. This will be an opportunity to examine your own walk and adjust what needs to be fixed in it. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in John chapter 15 as he continues his message, Sticky Word equals Spiritual Fruit. Let us hear your lessons for Today, we're gathering. We're gathering to learn. You'll see more about that in a few moments. But when we walk out the door, we scatter. Do you know that even though we're the same church, all of us are very different, not only at the different campuses, but even at the very same campus. We're going to play some things today, and I want you to raise your hands here. Now, how many of you here are 50 years and older? Let me see your hand, okay? How many of you are under 50? Let me see your hands. There we are. Oh, fantastic. Good. How many wish, those of you that are 50, wish you were under 50? Right now, raise your hand. That's it. Me too. How many of you here were born in the United States? Let me see your hand, okay? How many of you were born outside the United States? Let me see your hand. Look at that. That's amazing. All right. How many of you like country music? Let me see your hand. Lord, help me. All right. <laughs> How many more into like rock and roll or whatever like that? There we go. Okay, good. How many like Mexican food? How many like Spanish food? It's a little different. How many like Asian food? How many just like food? There we go. Now, here's one I want you to look around the room. We come from many different backgrounds, and yet we're one church with one purpose, one God, one body. But we come from all kinds of backgrounds. How many of you came from a Catholic background? Let me see your hand. Just keep it up for a moment. Just keep it up. Look around. Okay, good. How many of you came from a Methodist background? Here we are. Good. How many of you came from a Baptist background? 
How many of you came from a Pentecostal background? Man, I knew, I knew there'd be a woo, woo, woo. I knew it. I knew it. That's a good thing. How many of you came from a Lutheran or Presbyterian background? Let me see your hands. Now, I won't ask you to raise your hand because you would probably wouldn't want to do it, but uh, many of you, well, let, let me ask it this way. How many of you, when you came to Calvary Chapel, here, here in Melbourne or here, never really were part of any church before you came here? Let me see your hands. Wow, that's amazing, isn't it? And we have people here, this is probably your first time in a church forever. Well, I just want to say this. We are one church. It's way bigger than Melbourne. It's way bigger than absolutely Avera. God has established the church together to use the people in there. You're going to see in a moment, we're not really a building. We're not a denomination. We're really a group of Christ followers or disciples, a body who's been called to change the world. Now, God places us in a specific location, and here we are. So I, at the count of three, I want you to say this, if you like it, if you want to. If you don't, just be quiet and talk to me after. I'll talk to you. I want to say this together on the count of three. I want you to just say, we love our church. Here we go. One, two, three. We love our church. Could I hear an amen there somewhere? Amen. Yeah, that's why you're here. Now, if you don't love your church, you're excused. Go find one that you love. That's why we're here, amen? Now, the church. Why the church? Well, here's why. We've been learning about this great commission thing, win, disciple, and send. Much of this great commission, win a person to Christ, disciple them in Christ, those two things by and large, happen in a church building. Not always, but by and large. And then the sending part happens when you leave this building. So we've been learning what a disciple looks like. See, the Great Commission is not just to make converts, but to make disciples. And we've learned some of the characteristics of a growing disciple. That's the goal. Go into all the world and make, which is a process, disciples. A lifelong learner under discipline. Now, here's the first two things that we've learned over the last few weeks. Number one, a disciple, John 8, applies God's word. In other words, we're not here for information. When you come to a church, you're not here to get information. You come to be transformed. And to be transformed means you have to be a doer of the word. That's why we give you the sticky notes that you can go to the website. That's why we have daily devotions so you can learn the word, get sticky, apply the word. Number two, a disciple is fruitful. Now, I want you to turn where I've asked you to, John 15, 8, and let's see how that is. You see, as we look through the scriptures, and you're going to evaluate, you've already have two of those to evaluate, are you a disciple? Well, a disciple stays in the word of God, obeys the word of God. It's, it's part of you. Is that happening? Or is the only time that you ever open the Bible here? Well, then you can't be a disciple. You're either a new believer, a baby, or a carnal Christian, or you're not a believer yet. See, you can't be a disciple if you're not in God's word on a routine daily basis. It's impossible. Jesus defined it that way. 
Now look what else he defines in verse 8. It's not a church that's defining this. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. Now notice this. Showing yourselves, let me put it another way, proving to yourself that you are my disciples. So one of the great proofs, one of the great proofs of being a disciple is you're going to be fruitful. Now, if you're new, you're going to like, what does that mean? Well, we're going to unpack that this morning. But in this same chapter, John 15, Jesus teaches us a great principle. There's no fruit, there's fruit, there's more fruit, and then there's much fruit. In other words, this huge, wide range of spiritual fruit. So the next thing you want to write is this. We've learned this principle. The result of sticky obedience, the result of hearing the word of God and then obeying it, the result of that and that application is spiritual fruit. When I do the word of God, when I obey the word of God, there's going to be fruit that comes out of that in my life. It's going to be a natural result of being in the word of God, and it's going to come out of that word of God. Now, look at the last part of verse 8. Let me read it to you in the New Living Translations. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. Then look at this. This brings great glory to God. When we change to become more like Jesus, the world suddenly sits up and take notice. What happened to you? Let me give you an example. Some of you ladies in the last few months, you, you've gone and had Botox treatments. Now you have them so that when you walk into a room, a friend of yours who knows you well looks at you and goes, man, you look young. What, what happened to you? Oh, nothing. <laughs> really? Wow, you, man, your face is just amazing. By the way, what are those needle marks I see right there? <laughs> Whoops. See, when there's a change, people what? They notice. When we bear spiritual fruit, the world says, what happened to you? I've known you a long time. That's, you're very different. And when that happens, that opens the door for us to say, no, I had my Botox treatments. It opens the door to say, well, God's been changing my life. Well, that's what it's all about, transformation. You see, the spiritual fruit in our lives causes people to go, well, here's the before and here's the after. They say it's God. I'm not sure about that, but I don't know what else it could be. So it causes God to look good. So when we're in the Word of God, it causes us to change and there's fruit, and from that, God looks good. That's the whole reason we're to be light and salt in our world. Now, one day, Jesus was walking through a vineyard. John 15 would be the example of what that looked like. And he began to give an illustration as he walked through that vineyard how things were. You're going to learn that in our world today, there are lots of people that do not have their own Bible in their own translation. And we're at process through lots of organizations to get that changed. But here's what we've discovered. Not only them, but many of those people that don't have a Bible in their own language, they can't read or write. So what good would a Bible be? So what we've discovered is orality, that many people can hear the Bible 
or can see practical illustrations and it makes sense. So many of the missions organizations, Abuzz and I were at a, a great meeting, they're learning to tell Bible stories, 60, 80 Bible stories that cover the whole Bible for the people that can't read or write. By the way, do you know that you very much now today are much more visual than you've ever been before? And that's because of all the things that we have around us. We're very, very visual people. Yes, we can still read or write. So that was really true in Jesus' day. When, when he walked into this vineyard, he just began teaching about it. Here's a picture of what he described. When Jesus walked into that vineyard, he made a spiritual application of something that was right in front of those people. And Jesus in John 15 began to say this to his disciples. Now, God is the gardener of the vineyard. The vineyard you see, he says, there's a gardener in charge of this. God is the charge of our vineyard, the vineyard of God. Then he said to them, I'm the vine. And then Jesus pointed to his disciples and said this, you're the branches. And notice this little arrow up there. There is a connection between Jesus and a disciple. If you take that branch off from the vine where all the nutrients go, there will definitely be no fruit. Impossible for a branch. Jesus says it in John 15, 5. Without me, you can do nothing. Well, that made a lot of sense. Those guys ate grapes and drank wine like that. They knew exactly what he was saying. So understand, if you're a Christian, you're a branch. And you're reliant on the vine, which the gardener, God, has orchestrated. From that viable relationship, that connection, that viable connection, eventually comes what? What, at the bottom? what is that? Fruit. Well, it's natural. It makes sense to you. From that comes fruit. Now, we learn three connections. Three connections. Let's go through those. To be productive... There has to be three connections in your life. So look at these as we go through. Number one, a person must be connected to God through salvation. Fruit comes from a vibrant, living relationship with God. The most confusing thing in the world is this. Pastor Mark, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. When you invite people to church, that's what they'll tell you. Do you go to church? No, I don't need to go to church. And while I belong to this church, I'm a member of this church. All those things are great. But none of those things are what Jesus is talking about. There was no church at this time. There was no membership at this time. What Jesus is saying is, you have to have a personal relationship with me. The Jewish religion, which was dead, when Nicodemus came to Jesus, he just said to Nicodemus, Nicodemus, you must be born again. There has to be a personal, vibrant relationship. Jesus says that any person is going to be a true believer, then will produce fruit. Well, how does that happen? Number two, a person must be connected to the word. Remember, hearing the word is not enough. Reading the word is not enough. Memorizing the word is not enough. Taking notes of the word is not enough. You and I have to apply it. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you don't do the things that I ask you to do? So we have to get sticky. Now, here comes the question. First, I'm supposed to be connected to God. Salvation. Number two. Once you get saved, the word is the lamp for you. The word is the guideline. It's God's truth. It's going to continue to change. You've got to get sticky in the word. But here's the question. Who's going to teach you the word? 
Does God have a plan for that? Are you just supposed to open the Bible and try to figure out what this says? Well, no, God had a plan for it. And that brings up our third connection. A person must be connected to a local church. A person must be connected to a local church. Now, that sounds strange to some of you, but it's 100% true. And let me show you how that works because God designed it that way. Turn in your Bibles. You have your Bible right there to the book of Ephesians, New Testament, General Electric Power Company, Galatians, Ephesians, Galatians, there it is, Ephesians, almost halfway through the New Testament. Now turn there and look at Ephesians, go to chapter 4. Now in chapter 4, Paul the Apostle writes about the church, and let's see what he says. I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation. Look at verse 11. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the what? To the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and you can circle these two words in your translation, pastor, teachers. It's actually one individual. So there's four gifts God has given to the church. So when he established the church... God knew that his people would need to know the word of God. So God established in every local church pastor teachers who've been called by God. Now that teaching is usually done in a public group setting, a church building. But it's also, of course, eventually done in small groups, a one-to-one discipleship, our own private devotions. Now remember this teaching You're going to say, well, have we gathered together, Pastor Mark, you're the pastor teacher, have we gathered together to learn information? Well, yes, you're learning information right now, that God established pastor teachers in the church for a reason. You haven't learned the reason yet, you just learned that fact. But it's not really just for facts, it's for transformation. Okay, now I see why, and what should I do about it? So now look at verse 12. Verse 11 God gave his church, every church, pastor teachers. Look at verse 12. Their responsibility, whose responsibility? Whose responsibility? Okay. Am I a pastor teacher? Say yes. Whose responsibility are we going to talk about here? My response. And all the pastors, all the elders. So my responsibility, my privilege... My responsibility, here it goes, my responsibility is to equip God's people. Who is that? Raise your hand. So I'm here for who? To equip who? You. You. I'm here to equip you. And by the way, when I sit down and another pastor teaches me, I'm where you are at. So we're all in this together. Now, what am I to equip you to do? Notice, to do his work, God's work, and to build up his church, the body of Christ. So what am I to do? I'm here to equip you to do when disciples send. I'm here to equip you to take the truth of God's word, apply it to your life, grow, and then be light and salt. And to make all these kind of things happen in all our churches. Let me show you how that worked. 
I'm here, not just have a nice week. I'm here to show you, to model for you, how to be a disciple. Can I do it for you? No, I cannot do it for you. I can just challenge you. Now, you say, well, Pastor Mark, it doesn't really matter. Who cares? Oh, it does matter. Do you know every Christian one day will stand at the judgment seat of Christ, before Christ, by yourself, not with me, not with your friend, not with the spouse. You're not going to answer for your sins. They've already been forgiven. But God's going to say to you, what did you do with your talents and your gifts? Say, Pastor Mark, let's move on, would you? No, I'm, I'm serious. But see, if you say, well, I guess I better go invite someone this week. No, because most of the evaluation, you know when it's done? Not just using the gifts, the motivation for using our gifts. If you get this on Judgment Day when you're standing there and I'm over here and you happen to see me over here, I'm waiting in line just like you. When you stand there and go, thanks, Pastor Mark. I got it. I'm not joking. Some of you will say this. I wish I'd have listened to my pastor. This is very serious business. This is not fluff. I don't do it to scare you. I'm just telling you, there's a judgment coming where I'm just like you. Way easy for me, you, me to say to you, let me give you five jokes. Let's talk about Time Magazine. Who's going to win the ball game today? Have a great week. But I have a responsibility to preach the word to you. Loving fashion. That's why Jesus said, fruit, more fruit, much fruit. Now, so I'm here to, to, to work with you, myself included, to be built up. Look at verse 13. This will continue until we all come to such unity and faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature, circle that word, in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. So how long should this teaching of the Word of God in a church building, how long is that going to happen? Well, another week or two at least. No, it's like to what? Jesus comes. Because it's always a process. We're always growing. It's never going to stop. That's why we don't stop going to the church. Remember, pastor, teachers in a church. Now look at verse 14. Why the maturity? Why the maturity in verse 13? Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body, his body, the church. The church isn't the building. It's the people who still worship Jesus and praise his name, despite whatever obstacles stand in their way. Today, we want to invite you as the extended Church of Jesus to join us virtually for our weekend worship services. Pastor Mark and Calvary Chapel Melbourne are continuing to meet online during this time, and you can be a part of our services. Visit calvaryccm.com live to watch on our website or find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Roku. Just search for Calvary Chapel Melbourne. 
Our services will take place at 6 p.m. on Saturdays and again on Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45. For more information or to find links to our stream, visit calvaryccm.com. While you're there, be sure to check out Pastor Mark's teachings from this series and feel free to share them with your friends and family. We also have devotions available under the Connect tab, and you can visit our social media pages as well. All this can be found at our website. Again, that's calvaryccm.com. As we wrap up our time with you today, we'd like to ask that you continue to pray for our country and for those around the world who are suffering during this pandemic. Please lift them up to the Lord and pray that His name would be magnified in every corner of the earth. Please pray for our leaders as well and for your brothers and sisters in Christ. If you feel led to support Lessons for Living financially during this time, we would be grateful. You can donate online at calvaryccm.com. That's all for today. Thanks for tuning in to Lessons for Living. in a hurry.